Welcome to The Friday Habit with Benjamin Manley and Mark Labriola II. The Friday Habit is for creators, entrepreneurs, and agency owners looking for actionable ideas on how to grow their business and be more profitable. We'll pull from our combined knowledge of over 20 years and interview thought leaders that will inspire you and give you the motivation you need to kick your business into high gear. Buckle up. It's Friday. Hey, everybody, we're going to pick up our conversation we started last week. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, go back and listen to that episode, and then you can listen to this episode. This is part two of a two-part series. Uh, I hope you enjoy. I would love to ask you, Tyler, more about your team structure, too, because that's something I'm thinking about, and um, we've you know been thinking about how do you create teams that communicate well with each other, when big decisions are made in the company, how do you make sure everybody is on the same page? Um, you know, and do we want to have more flat organization or some other structure? So what does your team structure look like? Yeah, uh, good question. Um, I, I think we were a pretty flat organization probably till we hit 10, nine, maybe nine or 10 employees. And then it didn't really work anymore because there's too okay. many cooks in the kitchen at that what, point what for us. What broke? What kind of what happened practically when you hit like nine or ten? Yeah, it's hard to know exactly. Like, okay, what <laughs> month was that? You know, you're like, yeah, um, yeah, for sure, yeah. But I think it's honestly, it's probably really similar to what you said as far as you know. Hey, we made a decision and we're now rolling that decision out to the whole team, or we're changing something, or we're you know landed this new client, or you know, it's just the communication side is. Okay. You know, when I'm running it and I need to then repeat my story to 10 or nine different people, mm-hmm. it, it it's challenging. And then it also, you know, if I'm doing like on Mondays, I do my one on one. So I still manage people now. But once you hit nine, it's like, OK, I'm on Zoom from like 8 a.m. till six. You know, like that doesn't work. And so yep. you can't really you start to get overloaded with your ability to effectively manage people if you're mm-hmm. like, a you know, kind of at that number. So we kind of just. um we needed departments. We needed, you know, specific because issues would come up and a copywriter doesn't necessarily care uh, what a developer's working on. Or, I mean, they do obviously, you know, but as far as like a nitty gritty thing that might, cha- a challenge that might come up, they don't need to be in an hour long meeting to solve that challenge because they're completely different skill sets, you know, and, um, and soup, both of them crazy valuable. It just got to be a spot of like, man, I don't know if this is the best use of people's time. So, Kind of after that, we've then we started to kind of implement uh, more like department heads um, and kind of started with a leadership team. And so kind of pulled together the people that were um, more kind of influential in the company and that I uh, felt like carried amazing values and things that we really aligned well with and um, started to kind of a weekly leadership meeting. And that was where bigger company thing issues might come up or bigger challenges or things we're talking about or rolling through or, or goals we're trying to set and much of that type of thing. Um, and I, I want to say that was maybe five people mm-hmm. at the beginning. And then it transitioned kind of recently to more like department head specific. So director of ops, director of client services, and then a director of uh, LFC, so loan firms, marketing and sales. And so those are kind of like those three type of kind of categories, I guess, that really everything kind of jumps into. Um, And then the people kind of, you know, in their teams are really are the people that are meeting weekly. So they're in department meetings weekly because that's oftentimes then the issues are more singular to that team or Mm -hmm. the, you know, things they're talking through or the value that they're creating is really beneficial to people that they're working directly with in their team. So I don't know if that answers your question about structure, but that's kind of how we are today. 
Yeah, that's super helpful. And do you um, do you feel like a different feeling about your company in that when it's larger, you don't have the ability to have as close relationships with all the people you work with? Is that anything that has affected you or is like, hey, you know, we were working remotely anyway. It's not necessarily that big of a shift. You know, I mean, how does that work or how how's that been for you? Um, yeah, I mean, it's different. I don't know if it's, I, I don't, bad or good. It probably is like dependent mm-hmm. on the person, but, um, yeah. I, I, it's definitely different. You know, I would say early days, you're getting time with everybody individually because you're touching base reg- very regularly. Um, you know, we've done a bunch of things to kind of try to change that. Um, so I do, uh, something called chat space a couple of times a month with each of our, like with two, a couple different groups of people okay. that I don't normally touch with base with, you know, uh, outside of that. And so we'll talk about anything from Tyler's crazy hair days to <laughs> random vacations, to work things, to ideas of, to improve things. You know, it's kind of an open forum of, you know, optional attendant if you want to. And that's generally like kind of three to four people in each of those groups. Um, mm. But I, I love to be able to talk to them. And I think when we first started and I, and I got out of managing everyone, it was a weird experience, to be honest, because it was, I would kind of, you know, we ran our hiring process. I'd kind of check for culture fit towards the end of that. Mm-hmm. And then there was potentially a month or two that would go by that I wouldn't talk to them outside of staff meetings. Mm. And so then you're kind of like, who's this person that we hired? Like, I, they're, yeah. they're really nice. I want to hang out with them, but like, I don't really <laughs> yeah. see them. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's different. It's not bad. It's just as, you know, I can't manage 18 people at once. Sure. Um, and as we keep growing, it's not, that's not necessarily going to work. And so you kind of have a core group of people you touch base with all the time. And mm-hmm. then you're hearing about different people kind of, you know, quote unquote, keeping tabs on different people to see how they're doing um, kind of as, as it progresses. So yeah, it's definitely different for sure. Do you feel like there's anything unexpected that happened when you moved from maybe like five people up to 10 to now like 18, like, Oh man, I didn't expect that to change, but then you had to troubleshoot it. Was there anything surprising like that? (laughs) Uh, we might need a couple of growlers of beer and a couple more hours to talk about the unexpected that I didn't see coming. (laughs) Uh, I mean, a couple, I guess that like kind of stick off the top of my mind, like unexpected, And I I guess I think I hinted at this a little bit earlier, too, but um, I was amazed on how like you we bring somebody on that like had had an expertise in some aspect. And oftentimes it wasn't like a one to one or like this equation of, hey, we brought this on and we got this out of them, you know, within a day or whatever. But it was almost kind of like we bring them on you know, maybe three months, six months, whatever the time frame goes by. And then all of a sudden we're 10x better at something. And Mm. you're like, wait a second, how did that happen? What just happened? Mm. But we added like this, like, you know, superpower or whatever you want to call it to the team that you don't quite notice right away because they're learning, they're getting comfortable, you're getting comfortable, you're building new systems or more process or you're fixing things that broke. And then all of a sudden you're like, just shoot way forward on this certain certain kind of capability. Mm. Um, And that's happened a dozen times. I mean, it's just been ridiculous to kind of watch that kind of, Mm. I guess, come together. Um, I think the other thing too is the friendships piece. Um, I think I've met in person. I think I've met maybe I think I've met three people in person on our staff. Mm-hmm. Maybe two. Mm-hmm. Maybe two now. I'd have to go back and look. I, literally, and so I don't. It's such a small number that I'm going. I don't. I haven't. And you know, part of it's rough because we, you know, we've scheduled we've scheduled company retreats and the goal is to have those in person regularly. But 
that whole flying thing and the traveling thing's been rough. Um, right. And so I think what's been really interesting though is the friendships that have formed and like there's several and, and I'm not I'm not the only one that feels that way. There's been others on the team that are meeting people and talking to them and really only have this like virtual relationship, but they know each mm-hmm. other super well and care for each other and know what's going on in their personal life as much as their professional life. And that mm-hmm. part's not not necessarily surprising, but at the same time, like you didn't hire them to, to build that front. You know, like that's not, wasn't yeah. necessarily the goal, but something that was a byproduct that was really cool. So yeah, I don't know. Those are two that stick out for me is just at building the team and, and having skill sets grow quickly. And then the friendship piece, I mean, as far as stuff that I didn't expect, um, navigating the legalities of the local state governments has been fascinating. Um, and I think all <laughs> of us, have, all of us have seen that, you know, in the last year with, kind of COVID, different shutdowns. And you're like, oh, wait, I thought we all lived in the same country. Oh, we kind of do, but wow, it's way different over there than here. And mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and that is very apparent when you're also going through some of the guidelines and, and, and regulations within local states too. Mm. Um, and that's been really interesting to navigate and really eye-opening to try to kind of figure out what's the best location to have people work for you from a government perspective and, and, and regulations perspective. Yeah. Um, so just there's, I would say there's a bunch of those types of things, like the, the different gaps that kind of come up along the way from like technical standpoints as well. Mm. So if you could go back, you know, like, I don't know, three years or something like that and do things slightly differently, is there anything you would change about how you've grown? Like, was, were there any pitfalls you ran into? Like, Oh man, that really set me back. Or like, what are some things you might do differently? Hmm. I'm trying to narrow the list down to make it. Uh, <laughs> yes. The answer is yes. If we're going one word answers, the answer is yes. Um, I think, I mean, a couple things I would say for me have been, um, you know, when you're in like, I guess, kind of smaller mode and you're trying to grow, you it's hard to like attract clients um, until you have a bigger team. And it's hard okay. to obviously hire that bigger team until you track clients. Yep. Um, and so I think knowing what I know now, I probably would have paid closer attention to how things impacted long-term and less attention to how things were impacting short-term. Hmm. And what do you mean by that? Like yeah, break that down for me a little totally. bit. Totally. Yeah. So um, I think, you know, obviously there's cash flow and you got to pay attention to that. You got to keep the doors open. You got all these different kind of metrics that you're looking at that are, you know, now today scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of the things that's been hard for us is as we've grown, you land that client and you're like, oh, okay, now we have the ability to go hire someone. Okay, let's go do it. Well, reality is, is we needed that person hired when we handed the landed the client. I mean, mm-hmm. and it takes, I would say three to six months to get somebody on your team fully like, you know, they're contributing right away, but like fully just like they're comfortable, you're comfortable, they're you know, crushing and they're chasing. Mm-hmm. And so you really need to hire people like three months before you need them. And so mm-hmm. I would say I would have hired people earlier, um, especially with just the, my, uh, the desire we had and goals we had of growing. And we do have of growing is bringing people on earlier than we needed them. Um, and a lot of that's because, you you know, when you land those clients that you get pumped to work with, you don't want to mess it up. And so, right. uh, and, and we have done the best that we could do with where we've been at, obviously, like everybody does, you know, especially the three of us on the call, I know, but, um, but yeah. you have to, you know, you, you only get that one chance really. And, and oftentimes if they're being bounced around or you change designers or you change whatever, you know, they will notice and they, they can sense it, they feel it, they might see it in work product. And I would say for us, like those changes were challenging along the way. And so we've, we've now gotten out front of it a little bit. And so that's been a lot more, um, 
comfortable from a growth standpoint, uncomfortable from a cash flow standpoint, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, because it's essentially you're, you know, paying more today for ho- hopefully an even greater, you know, payoff for the future. But you maybe haven't received that benefit from the future yet today. So there's a little bit of that gamble, I guess, you're you're kind of taking in order to invest in you know the present so that the future pays out totally and it's you said it i think you said it twice you said invest multiple times the minute my mindset shifted from a, an employee as a cost to the company to their an investment mm-hmm. everything changed for me um because i'm like oh yeah i get that i bought in a couple of houses over the years i've like invested in some stocks like well of course you're investing the money with hope that later on you get a return from it it's like the same thing and so then it, the risk was just less um, uh, maybe emotional, if you will, mm-hmm. um, because you're like, oh, yeah, I'm investing this person. I believe they're the right person. If you don't believe it, obviously don't hire them. But if they're the right person. And they're going to take us from where we're at now to this place that we want to go. And you're willing mm-hmm. to take that take that gamble, like you say. So, Yeah. And, and when you make those decisions, you know, h- how do you make that decision of, say, you invest in, in somebody like is it a copywriter? Like, okay, if, if we hire a copywriter, then I can sell copywriting services and then we can grow. Or, I mean, is that the the thought behind it or, or what is that? What does that mean? You think? Totally. That's the great question. It's almost like that balancing of like the art and the science of hiring, you know, it's like the art yeah. is like, okay, we're going to craft it this way and it's going to be really unique and da da da. And the science is like, well, we got to do this. We got to do this. And then we got to do that. Um, and so I think, you know, I would almost relate it back to like early days, like when you're maybe just starting and you maybe got maybe yourself and one other or something like that, you kind of like just start landing projects and you take business on and then you're kind of going, oh man, I've been working, you know, whatever, 10, 13 hours a day, whatever that is. And you're kind of going, okay, I think, I think I can hire somebody else now because I'm just swamped. And so that makes sense. You hire the next person, you transfer some work over to them, you train them. And now you're working maybe a couple hours less and then you do it over again. And you get the more projects, hire, you know, and then once you get to that limit, you're like, okay, cool. Now I can hire another person. At some point that changes because you can't expect the people that you hired to put in that same, you know, 10, 13 hour days. Right. Yeah. Because that's not their their job. job, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so and then you can't quite do that. And so I think for us, what really is we've gotten like this kind of this core team early on that had a skill set. And they had different skill sets and they wore lots of different hats. And you'd kind of like try to figure out, you know, in the market, what are different services we could sell or what are people asking for that we kind of are doing now? We might bring a contractor in to help with it. But man, we see that this could be a really cool one to offer. We should do it. That's kind of then when you start to identify those things and you're going, that's again, back to that investment of, I think I want to invest in this quote unquote service or product with hope to in return of it so that, you know, then it's worth putting this, the, this person's energy towards it when you hire them. So I think it changes from like that, like just, you know, hustle grind mentality to more like that strategic, Hey, where do we want to put kind of our, our resources that we have, whether that's time, whether that's money, whether, whatever that is into whatever the service or product is that you're wanting to invest in. So it starts to kind of become a little more of a strategic play and less of a hustle grind moment. Until you've made the decision. Once you've made the decision, you're like, okay, let's invest. Now it's like, okay, now I'm gambling on us and our sales team to go crush it, so that we're that we get that return on that investment. You know. Yeah. So uh, that that brings up another thing: uh, the sales team. Yeah. You know what? Do you have a sales team? And at what point did you go from being the sales team to like having a sales team? And are you still a part of the sales team? <laughs> <laughs> a, B, and C, D, all the above. Um, yeah, no, great question. Um, it's, 
Uh, so it kind of honestly depends on how you're wired. So I'm wired as a sales guy. I love to sell. I've sold in the past. It's super fun. I really enjoy it. I kind of get you know energy from it. It's really fun to meet new people. So for me, that was one of the last jobs that I really, you know, I guess passed off, if you will, um, and stayed in it as long as I, you know, could. Um, but if you're not wired that way, then hire a salesperson right away because they're going to be the best person you ever hired. Um, you know, it's obviously it's the right fit and all those types of things and, and right fit on your team and, and skill set. But it kind of figuring out what you're good at and, and then doing what you're good at. The more you can sit in like your sweet spot, the better and better you're going to be and faster you're going to get to where you want to go. And I remember reading books like that. I remember listening to podcasts like that. People would say that and you're like, yeah, I get it. But you're like a millionaire. Of course you can do that. You just throw money wherever you want. And then yeah. now I've lived it and I'm not a millionaire. And I've kind of kind of figure out like, yeah, you're right. The better I am at, you know, whatever it is, communicating, laying out success and what success looks like, hiring the right people in the right seats on the bus, it makes a massive difference. Mm -hmm. And so um, for me, I waited to the last minute. So I, I, or not last minute, I probably, I think six months ago, we brought on our first salesperson and um, she's been amazing. And a lot of the reason, I mean, she's super, super talented, great with people, carries the similar values we have. She has experience in it. That's been awesome. But I think one of the things that was amazing is, is I'm no longer on all the sales calls. And so we got to the spot where, you know, I'm on a sales call or two every day. And then you're working on proposals outside of that. You're also then managing people. You're working on client stuff. I mean, it just was too much. And so then everything starts to fall apart, essentially, because you're not at your best in sales. You're not at your best in management. You're not at your best in the vision. You're not at your best in reading spreadsheets or where, how the cash is doing or whatever. Um, and so I think that was the biggest boost there is like someone is 100% focused on this thing. Um, and then they're motivated by it, too. They're like, yeah, that's great. This is my job. This is my function. I sell stuff. And then I you know, help create a system to pass that off to the services team and such. So um, I would highly recommend it because of the fact that it gets somebody, like I just said, 100% focused on it. And so then I remember the first time a lead came in that I didn't know. I didn't work the sales process. I didn't do the proposal. We landed them. They started working with the sales team and I'd never met them before. And you're kind of like, huh, this is pretty cool. Like, yeah, that, that sounds <laughs> you know? amazing. And yeah, yeah you know, and it's not that I don't, I mean, I love people. I sure. love meeting new people. I love right. working on client yeah. stuff like you guys do too. But it was just an interesting feeling when you've spent so many years just grind, you know, like you're just like hustling to get stuff done and, you know, writing those proposals at, you know, 10 o'clock at night or whatever to send them out and, you know, scheduling a send on the next day. So you're masking, you're not writing it in the middle of the night. Um, but like when you work that hard for that and then all of a sudden you kind of have set up this process and started to create this brand that people want to trust and it doesn't include the Tyler Pigott show. I, I mean, it was really satisfying. It was super cool. Like it was, I was super grateful and thankful for the work that she'd done to bring it in. And then we have a team to pass it off to. And it was super, I mean, it was awesome. So I, I'm a huge proponent of that salesperson. And a lot of it's just because I know that the, you know, the sales machine is what kind of keeps the airplane in the sky. Um, and so if there's a moment where I, you know, Hey, I want to go on vacation or I want to take time off, or I want to focus on a different initiative within the company, I can't because I have to sell because that's what keeps things going. Um, I would say that was, I would have hired sooner in that role for sure. Now, when it comes to, you mentioned going on vacation, um, when it comes to work-life balance, how does having a large team change work-life balance? Does it make it better, worse? I mean, I'm sure that it varies, you know, over time, but what, what ways has that made things different? 
Um, I mean, I think it's made it better. And I think a lot of it is because I can like step back and stuff still happens. Mm -hmm. And so it's not that I'm this like commander in the army driving people, you know, slave driving people into moving forward. It's way more so like there's like specific systems set up. There's specific things people are working on. People have jobs that they're crushing every day. And I'm able to then go, okay, cool. What, like, what do I need to spend my time on? Um, and so I, I would say it's gotten easier in some ways and then it's gotten more challenging in other ways. Um, and a lot of it has to do with how much trust are you willing to put into the people that you, that you passed off responsibility to. Um, because if you're not, if you want to micromanage, then yeah, you should probably stay small because it's going to be super exhausting if you want to grow and micromanage. Like you, Mm -hmm. you have to be open to like, there's more than just the Tyler way of getting something done. It can be the Jessica way of doing it. It can be the Kate way of doing it. It can be the Frank way of doing it, naming people Mm -hmm. on our team. But once I kind of came to grips with, man, there's probably 300 ways to get from where we're at now to where we want to go. I was, it was like 10 times easier to kind of, you know, I guess let go and then, and being able to take a, you know, a couple steps backwards. Um, So that was big. I'd say the other piece of it too, what shifts at some point, I don't know what the people is, the time frame, the money, the revenue, whatever. What shifts at some point is you've got to have more mental bandwidth to process stuff. Um, you know, it's change when you make a change, when you launch a new service, when you're dreaming about something, you know, creating it, solving a problem. Uh, you just need more bandwidth to actually think through things, mm-hmm. which I would have never been able to put my finger on before. But yeah. now it really doesn't work for me to be on calls for six hours straight yeah. know, through the day and then be expected at 3 p.m. to go, yeah. I've got a bunch of stuff to do, but I'm going to crush it. Like, it just doesn't work anymore. Right. So it's at some point that changes. I don't know when it was, but at some point it did. So, Yeah. Yeah. How do you um, – what's it like now as far as – do you have someone in the role of culture building or um, employee satisfaction – metrics or what you know, whatever that is or are you are you do you still try to have a pulse on things and you know be are you slacking people like hey have a great day or i mean what does that what does that look like yeah it's a great question i still do a lot of it um i would also say everyone in the company does it though um it's something that is 100 passed into people and it's been sewn into people as they get started through me for the last you know five years um, and so I think it's everybody and everybody's working on it. Do I have a culture officer or whatever you'd want to call them? No, um, <laughs> that's still me. But I also, I think it's honestly, it's back to like, what's the company you want to work at? You know, when you were, you know, whatever, five years in your career, two years in your career, 10 years in your career, probably doesn't matter if the CEO that doesn't manage you reaches out and says, Hey, saw the work you did way to go. looks awesome. Thanks for representing our company so well. I mean, how far, how much does that mean to you as an individual, Mm, you know? And so I've really tried to like stay, like keep my kind of finger on the pulse, if you will, as far as like staying, you know, ahead, ahead of things or trying to participate in things. And I would say I also just have like this mentality where it's better to say something than not. And so if someone's having a hard day, you you know send them a virtual high five or whatever if they're you know if they've done a great job you're you're encouraging them or maybe i got those backwards uh whatever you're reaching out yeah. to them when there's a, when there's a need you know and or when 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 even when there's not and you kind of sense it and so i'd say it's kind of like sewing into it um on a regular basis and 
the minute I stop doing that is probably we've got we're gonna have to like figure out what's next for the company because that's kind of like my role. That's the role of the CEO at this point for me is a lot of it is culture culture building, you know, and and, and culture maintenance and communicating, teach people what's right in the culture, and then also saying you know bringing up when stuff's not and. And maybe if I've crossed the line or whatever, I need to apologize to people or whatever that is. So kind of yeah. just like setting the standard, I guess. Yeah, that's cool. What um, do you have uh, an assistant or do you manage all your like personal calendar and all these other kind of things? Or do you have like a right hand person who is saying, hey, this is all the stuff that's going on and you should maybe look at this or talk to that person or anything like that because it, it at 18 people all of a sudden yeah, it's a little bit bigger than five or you know 10 people like now it's like ah oh, there's just one more in person that i may not know what's going on all the time totally it's a great question i currently do not know um i have had okay. them along the way at different times um i would say one of the things i've tried really hard to do from like just that internal communication side of things external as well but if i i'm trying to delegate everything if i should if it's not in my sweet spot i shouldn't do it because General, I mean, it's going to be done a hundred times better if, you know, if Frank writes the copy or Gray writes the copy on our team, it's going to be 10 times better than if Tyler tries to do it or whatever scenario we throw in there, the people on our team are going to crush it. And so I really shouldn't do it. Um, and so I've tried really hard to delegate that and, and or delegate the different things that are not in my sweet spot. And what that's done, it's actually reduced the amount of email I get. It's actually reduced the amount of inquiries and different, you know, calendar invites and those types of things that I get. Um, and so it's made it easier to kind of juggle some of that. There are days when I'm like, man, I really wish that I could have somebody that manages that. But I, I would say for me, as is, uh, like many of us, we have, a, I have a hard time saying no. And so I would say I want I would, if I brought another assistant in that would kind of help me, I would say it's more so a gatekeeper Yes. Um, mm-hmm. as far as like, no, 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 I don't take outside meetings on this day or this afternoon, or you can't bother me during this time or whatever it is. So I won't actually try to schedule that meeting in that time because I'm available. Um, so I don't have one right now. Do I wish I did some days? Yes. Uh, but I think it's been more of a personal challenge to figure out um, how do you like delegate and use the team that you have really wisely. So. That's awesome. Well, let me ask you one more question here before we wrap up. Sure. Um, what I guess, what do you love the most about what you're doing? Like, what 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 gets you excited? What what makes you want to build your your company and your team? That's a good question. <clears throat> what gets me out of bed in the morning? Um, <laughs> man, I think it probably would have been different answers at different times along the way, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the people that I work with and I'm going to try not to just tear up when I talk about it, but man, they're like, (laughs) seriously, like some of the best people that I've ever been around. That's awesome. Um, That's so, that's so crazy. Now, when you say work with, do you mean like your team members and like, like, uh, clients and stuff? Or I mean, do you mean... What do you mean? Yeah. Because it's crazy to me that you're saying that. And it's like, yeah, I haven't even met some people in person. Yeah. <laughs> I think what's interesting is, is that like, I mean, it's the same company as you have when you're in person. I mean, it's just takes a lot more initiative. You have to reach out to people. You don't get to rub shoulders with them. So you have to like actually reach out to them. We run projects the same way. We communicate probably more clearly than people if they're in an office, you know, yelling down a hallway or whatever. Um, so in all reality, like we spend a lot of time together. 
You know, we we talk about things that are are part of you know professional. You know, as far as like what's going on in the company and such. But also, man, you're having a hard time. You you know your kids are, are struggling with this thing, or you know whatever happened on a personal side. And so you're you know throwing your arm around them, if you will, like kind of just and, and acknowledging that. And so you kind of walked and done life together at this point. And it's very different because of the fact that it is not in person. But I think that you can totally build that culture and you can totally build that family and team, even if they're not in person, it just takes a different approach. Um, and so I would just, that's what I'm saying. I love my, the people I get to work with. It's, I mean, I love our clients, but I would say more so I'm speaking to the, yeah. you know, the internal team that we get to talk to, or I get to spend time with every day. Um, but I'm talking to them every day for the most part, you know, it's, there's always, there's always calls in the calendar. There's always this like interaction, you know, via zoom or via whatever video tool. Um, and you're really kind of just sharing life together and, and ideally building the business at the same time. So I think that's probably the thing that I get the most excited about every day. Um, and then seeing them have success is amazing. Super fun to see yeah. them better off than when they started or more skilled than when they started or whatever. So Tyler, that's, that is awesome, man. I, I'm so uh, happy for you. I, it's, it sounds, what I love about, uh, just your energy and, and you just sharing your, your experiences with us is that you, you seem so, uh, happy and, and, and positive. I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs are like, oh yeah, you know, just trying to survive. Like, am I right? You know how hard and difficult this totally. is. It's like, yeah, you know, it, it is hard, but there's also a lot to be like thankful for and, and appreciate, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I, I really appreciate just you sharing with us today and, uh, yeah. it's, spreading a little bit of that positivity. So Ben, uh, I'm assuming you got some takeaways uh, for us and I'm sure it's more than five. So (laughs) I'll try to keep it short. I got a few, a a few notes here. Yeah. Give us your top four takeaways from this, uh, interview. All right. Uh, one was be transparent with your team and give them authority instead of just responsibility. Think of your employees as an investment, not a cost. Your ability to grow is dependent on how much trust you are willing to put in the people you hire. And the way you should decide whether to go or not is what are you good at and what do you really want to be doing? That's it. Nice. It sums it up. That would have wait, that would have saved every listener's time a lot more if you just would have shared those. We'll beginning. just put I'd a little like time code. Like... We'll put a time code at the beginning and just say, <laughs> okay, skip go. ahead, you know. Yeah, to... perfect. <laughs> I love it. That's right. And if you want all the takeaways, because there's always more than just uh, four, uh, head over to thefridayhabit.com. There you can get show notes for this episode. Um, Tyler, where can people find you and connect with you? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, email, website, kind of all over the place on those things. Probably spend the most time uh, on LinkedIn. Awesome. And it's loanforcreative.com is your website, right? That's it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This was super fun. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. Hey, uh, like I said, show notes at thefridayhabit.com. There you can also, uh, at the bottom of the page, get a download for our guide to the Friday Habit System uh, that will show you how to set aside one full day each week to dedicate working on your business instead of in your business. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Leave us a review in the Apple Podcast app. If you have any questions for us or a topic you want us to cover, uh, record us a quick voice memo on your phone and just email it to hello at thefridayhabit.com. That's right. Thank you so much for listening to The Friday Habit. And until next time, live every day like it's Friday. Friday.